The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Could you be in a toxic relationship and not even see the signs? This is far more common than you think. Today, on Tamar's Relationship Transformations, your host, author, and certified relationship coach, Tamar Neal, will expose the less talked about, but nonetheless, all-important aspects of unhealthy and abusive relationships. You'll learn how to avoid being in one or how to get out of one. The opinions expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the host or the show. Now, here's Tamar Neal. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another exciting episode of Tomorrow's Relationship Transformations. Okay, for many of you uh, who may not know, I was an emergency communication technician, also known as a 911 operator for Baltimore County 911. And during this time, Working in this very stressful environment, I found myself often the only help available on the other end of the line while people did some of the most unthinkable things to the ones, the people that we thought that they loved while they were in the privacies of their homes until the first responders arrived. I had that opportunity to be that fly on the wall. And I mean, some of the things that I heard, you know, from some of your most most upstanding citizens. Um, Well, whenever I tell someone that I was a 911 operator, people always want me want to know, you know, how I managed to handle such a stressful position. So I want to take a moment and tell you about what was going on in my life during that time and how I managed to say, to, to uh, stay sane in an insane world. Here it is, y'all. I was in the middle of a very painful divorce. Very painful. It was unsolicited. If you know what I mean by unsolicited, unsolicited and unsolicited divorce is when you don't see it coming. So I had one of those. And my youngest son, he, I guess it was unsolicited for him as well because he was having a very difficult time comprehending it. I mean, one moment life was great and the next minute he was from a a broken home. Just when I thought things could not get any worse, my teenager decided to show me that he was growing up. And it became quite apparent that there was absolutely nothing, you hear me, nothing that I could do to stop him. So unexpectedly on a hot day, I found myself feeling frozen in time. 
as I watch my dream of the two-parent household with the white picket fence suddenly becoming a nightmare. I was feeling emotionally bankrupt and probably, uh, probably was clinically depressed. However, that was not an option for a 911 operator. So there I was with a pending divorce, the thought of never far from the front of my mind of being a single parent with two sons now depending solely on me, an inflated mortgage, car note, and a dog, a dog named Christopher, Christopher, which was part of the family, so I still had to feed him. So this was very difficult because I could not stay home when I felt depressed and I could not afford to go to work distracted. As a 911 operator, you know, a lot of you don't know this when you watch the news. As a 911 operator, one botched call could put me on world news before the end of the shift and land me in the unemployment line. I mean, one botched call, I could be on my way. When I arrive home, the whole family could be calling me saying, what happened? I just heard your call on the news. So it was that type of job. They could play the tape back on you. So one day against my better judgment, y'all getting ready for some juicy stuff now, ain't y'all? One day against my better judgment, I went to work feeling angry, depressed, and hopeless. As I sat down in a dim lit room, because it was always dark in there, it was always dark, and you sat at this console, and the console is always cold. It's like cold in there. They keep you cold. I don't know if they keep you cold for the computers or keep you cold to keep you woke or what, what happens, but it's always dark and it's always cold. And I plugged in my headset, so y'all with me, y'all got to feel how it looked in there. But within my first few hours of taking emergency calls, I was required to tell a terrified mother who had just discovered her child hanging in the closet of her home not to cut him down. As I waited, feeling helpless with this petrified mother screaming on the other end of the line, you can imagine, you know, it seemed like it was forever, but I'm sure the police were there within a few minutes. But you find your child like that, you know, it's, 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 it's natural. You, you, you want to help him. You want to cut him down. So as I sat there, I couldn't believe that I left for work upset because my son was growing up. He was going through growing pains, y'all, and I was upset. Almost immediately following that call was the voice of an elderly caller who just woke up and discovered her life partner would no longer be in her life. Not in this life anyway. You know, you get that call. That call generally comes in from the elderly. It comes in like, she's gone. She's gone or he's gone. And you just about know what she's gone or he's gone from an elderly voice mean. A lot of elderly people wake up and find that their loved ones have left during the night. Well, anyway, I suddenly came to the understanding that all marriages will eventually come to an unforeseen end. And that there's no such thing as happily ever after. Although it seemed that the worst for calls had happened, 
I soon received the call that made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Hurry up! He has a gun! And within seconds, I heard the shots fired. I quickly sent the call to dispatch and waited on the open line until the police arrived. I do not know what happened. And something inside of me tells me that I do not want to know. Well, by the end of this life-changing day at work, I found myself feeling excited to return to my soon-to-be single-parent household. The mere thought that I still had the opportunity to provide for my two not perfect, but precious sons made me feel special and undeserving as I thought about that woman who only wanted to cut her son that she found hanging down. Today, my children were both alive and well, and I came to the realization that today is really all we have. After this rude awakening, I refused to spend another day of my life being healthy, alive, and ungrateful on this side of the earth. I learned to be grateful for the moment because it holds the opportunity, you know, for new beginnings. I know now that although my life was not going as I had planned, no, not by far, I still had the opportunity to hug my children, which were still alive and very huggable. If I choose to talk to my soon-to-be ex-husband, he was still alive and able to hear me. I can now be grateful for the time that we spent together and happy that we can both move forward on to the next chapter of our lives without death doing us part. I know now that sometimes what I think is enormous in my life is actually very insignificant compared to what is going on in the lives of others. There's always someone else out there that would trade what I thought was a bad day with me in a heartbeat, just to have a heartbeat. So this very rude awakening quickly turned my attitude about accepting life on life's terms into gratitude. The Emergency Communication Center is a highly is a high energy energy environment. Therefore, it was necessary that I be able to make quick decisions while connecting with callers who are in emergencies. So anything that was going to distract me from remaining present for the emergency callers that would somehow find themselves in hopeless, helpless situations with me, the only help available on the other end of the line, I just could not allow. Being preoccupied with my own problems, that was not an option. I could not afford to live in the past under any circumstances being mentally preoccupied with the status of a prior call. A lot of people, you know, they give you the Hollywood version. 
Hollywood's version of the 911 center is, oh, I just couldn't wait for the police to get there. I just felt like I was going, you know, if we did that at every call, that would be a a a recipe for disaster for future calls. So we have to stay in the moment and be able to move on to the next call. And by staying in the moment, I was be able to I was able to dismiss myself of the things that occurred in the recent and distant past. And you know, this is I'm working on a book. Uh, Baltimore County 911 operator breaks the silence. And this is sort of the flow of that book. You know, I give you some calls, but I also talk about some life-saving things that occurred during that, that, that time that I worked there, how it changed my life. You know, and one thing that I came to know was that in life, the things that, that, that are really important, you're only allowed to take one at a time. We live in this world now where everybody multitasks. We do 20 things at a time. But the things that are really important, you're only allowed to take one at a time. Although I could not live without breathing, and to get air in and out of my lungs is vital for me to be alive, I can only take one breath at a time, one second at a time, one moment at a time. So, as I said, I'm working on my soon-to-be-released book, Baltimore 911 Operator Breaks the Silence, which will be available soon in most of the bookstores. We are going to take a deep breath and a commercial break. And when we return, we are going to talk about the people that are in my award-winning, those 10 Men or people, let's say people, in my award-winning book, Venomous Relationships, which is available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all book forms. So we'll be right back. Don't y'all go nowhere now. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. For many years, while employed as a Baltimore County 911 operator, Tamar Neal found herself as the only help available for the caller on the other end of the line. While people experienced life-changing emergencies until the first responders arrived, she received a national diploma in emergency medical dispatch and became a certified relationship expert and multi-award winning author. Her articles have appeared in respected magazines and newspapers, and she's been interviewed by national and local media outlets. Visit TamarNeal.com to purchase her books, find out where she is appearing next, and take advantage of a valuable free gift. Tamar is also available for public speaking and life coaching. You can also receive signed copies of Tamar's books that are available only at the website. Visit T-A-M-A-R-A-Neal.com for more information or call directly at 888-503-1575. Tamar Neal's books are also available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and most bookstores. That's TamarNeal.com or call 888-503-1575. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Tamar's Relationship Transformations. 
To reach Tamar Neal or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to relationships at tamarneal.com. That's T-A-M-A-R-A-Neal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. If you are just joining us, we are talking about my award-winning book, Venomous Relationships, which is available. You know, I got to say award-winning. That's a big thing to an author. If you know an author, just ask them. And, you know, once you get, once your book wins an award, you have to say it. So we're talking about my award-winning book, Venomous Relationships, which is available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, in all book forms. If you are a matter of fact, if you are listening online, you can click the banner at the top of the website and purchase your copy today. I know you may have been there as many of you probably sitting out there saying, well, I've been there, done that. Well, guess what? I have been there, done that and wrote the book. But we all, if we really look hard enough, we all know someone that is still there doing that and could certainly use the book. So let's, let's, let's think about the people that are behind us. You know, we may have already done our thing, but it's somebody still doing that thing. So let's, let me go to the introduction real quick, because I know y'all want to get to the 10 minute in the book, but you know, things take time. You can only do one thing at a time. Did you listen to the first segment? Okay. Well, I wrote Venomous Relationships to prevent other women from facing the common, silent relationship heartbreak that I, I, have not only seen happen to many of my friends, family, and acquaintances, but I have also experienced it myself. It is often very difficult for women to admit that they're indeed being emotionally abused. And that's particularly if they are competent and successful in other areas of their life. Now, how can you be doing so well in this area and somebody is really treating you so poorly at home? You know, it's hard to admit that. And and then it's a lot of things that, that come into play. You had that big wedding and all that stuff. And now, you know the real world steps in and this this social media stuff really has people delusional so I needed to find a way to get the attention of women uh, suffering from the silent trauma of emotional abuse I believe that although the number of women that suffer from recognized abuse is overwhelming far too many cases go unrecognized because when a woman suffers from emotional abuse the emotionally abusive husband or lover, even a man, you can vice versa this too. You can take the wall out and just say man, if you're a man that's going through this. (coughs) Excuse me. The lover uses a variety of tactics to damage the person's self-esteem and they begin to excuse inexcusable behavior. At that point, they want to give the partner the benefit fit, you know, of the doubt rather than exposing him. This is especially true when the person is a good provider or has been good to the person in other ways. You know, we start learning how to rationalize 
with what is totally irrational and become quite good at it. You know, I know a lot of um, people that are victims of emotional abuse, but they, they, they prefer to be a doormat in his mansion than to leave because they're so used to the pop, the purse, the car, the mansion that, you know, they, they'd rather be that doormat. Well, honey, give me the poor man's hut any day. The abuser's goal is to make his, not that I want the poor man's hut, but if I had to pick between the two, you know what I mean? My thing is, get your own mansion. <laughs> the abuser's goal is to make his partner believe things like, um, she's stupid. Oh, you're so stupid. My God, you're stupid airhead. She's ugly. He got to let you know you're ugly because he wouldn't dare want you to think somebody else wants you. Oh, the big F word, fat. <laughs> and he wants you to think that you're unlovable, and these things are at a minimum. He will often inform his victim that she's lucky to have him at all. Definitely going to let you know that you're not as good looking as the women that he had in the past. And don't think for five minutes that he's going to leave the bedroom out. Oh, and then he'll hit you with, and my family, they don't think that you're good enough for me. <laughs> Sometimes they don't. <laughs> well, anyway, let's get back to venomous relationships. I wrote venomous relationships with love to expose the common, silent, abusive relationships and teach women how to avoid them. I call out obvious red flag behaviors such as addiction, physical abuse, and adultery. But I also highlight lesser known signs of relationship trouble, including an indication that a potential partner is only interested in a one-night stand or that partner hasn't quite gotten over his previous relationship and is in no position to start a new one. Throughout the book, I remind the reader that there's only one person she can and should change, herself. Venomous relationships, I have to tell you, it takes a direct approach. It skips the jargon and it reads like a girlfriend chat in a coffee shop. You will probably hear my voice while you're reading it. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad, but some people like my voice. <laughs> Each chapter includes a scenario of a venomous relationship filled with all of the trauma and drama. Some parts which will be hard to swallow. But guess what? A reality check always is. Then there will be, after I give you that scenario, there's a let's talk section, which is like a coffee shop chat about the scenario. Many women who suffer from abuse don't, they don't have girlfriends because they've been isolated from the world by design. But it's okay. They have a girlfriend now. When I say they've been isolated from the world by design, you know, a lot of times the abuser will tell the, the person that, um, I don't like your girlfriends, you know, and poof, there goes the girlfriends. I don't like your mother. Poof, there goes mom. I don't like your co-workers, no co-workers. So by the time she gets to this book, she, you know, she's been isolated by design. But it's okay because they have a girlfriend now. 
They have this show. They have this radio. They have a lot of programs. And they have this book, Venomous Relationships. And what I do is I skip the jargon and the traditional language of psychology here. I prefer a personal approach encouraging the reader to just recognize and reclaim a lot of things that they might already know. But see, we numb ourselves. So to heal, we must feel. Readers can only, and people, anybody that's suffering from this type of abuse, they can only find the self-confidence that they seek within their self. So there's some self-work that has to be done. But then after I give the scenario, and, and when you get the book, you can see the 10 men, you'll see which, you'll know which chapter you're in. Anyway, I have the conclusion section, and it's a review of the venomous relationship from the chapter. So it's almost like looking at a review of the venomous relationship that you may have been in. We identify some of the, well, I identify some of the telltale traits. I discuss the red flags in the abusive person that you may have missed when you first met him. And then we talk about how to release the anger and heal the damage so that you can avoid repeating that pattern. And finally, in that chapter, in each chapter, I have a today I will release and let go of page. And it has been provided at the end of each chapter. This page is for the reader to document some of what they may already know but have refused to acknowledge. Okay, enough of that. Let's get started. I hope that anyone who is suffering from the effects of a venomous relationships by the end of this show will feel inspired enough to move on in their life, even if it's just by doing something simple like getting the book. That's the start. Or looking in the mirror saying, you know what, there's an issue here, so I need to start addressing some of these things. Um, Without further ado, allow me to introduce you to the 10 common. When I use the word common, that means that, you know, these aren't, these aren't the, uh, these, they're not aliens. But they're less talked about venomous relationships that are in my award-winning book, Venomous Relationships. People don't want to talk about this, the, the big elephant that's sitting in the middle of the room. But I have quite a few of them in there. I'm going to start out with uh, the first guy in the book. The first chapter is Dr. Respectable and Mr. Hyde. Now, we all know him. This is that guy that you meet, and he seems to have it all together. And he wants to get things started really fast. Any of you know him? Uh, he's usually an upstanding citizen in the community. You know, he's usually he may he may be someone in the church. He um, he could be a politician. He he could be a oh, let me change that. He could be a police. Oh, let me change that. He could be an upstanding citizen that people look up to in the community. And um, when you get in the house, you have to hide from him. So. Although you may not be particularly attracted to this guy, you may not be the most attractive guy. He has a way of convincing you that you need a guy like him in your life. You know, he knows all the things to say. But there is something about him that tells you that 
There is more to this guy that is meeting the eye. But oh, you continue to just go on. You want to make this guy your dream come true. You tell all your girlfriends about him and you hold that part out. You leave that part out about him that bothers you. We all have that, that, that mechanism inside of us that will let us know something, something isn't quite, quite right. You know, it's not what we're saying. It's not what's being said sometimes. Sometimes it's not. It's what, what's not being said. Now, we're getting ready to take a, another deep breath. I like that blowing sound. So anyway, we're going to take another deep breath and a pause for the cause for this commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to finish talking about the 10 men in the book. The player from the Himalaya is going to be next. Don't y'all go nowhere. We'll be right back now. You hear It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com For many years, while employed as a Baltimore County 911 operator, Tamar Neal found herself as the only help available for the caller on the other end of the line. While people experienced life-changing emergencies until the first responders arrived, she received a national diploma in emergency medical dispatch and became a certified relationship expert and multi-award winning author. Her articles have appeared in respected magazines and newspapers, and she's been interviewed by national and local media outlets. Visit TamarNeal.com to purchase her books, find out where she is appearing next, and take advantage of a valuable free gift. Tamar is also available for public speaking and life coaching. You can also receive signed copies of Tamar's books that are available only at the website. Visit T-A-M-A-R-A-Neal.com for more information or call directly at 888-503-1575. Tamar Neal's books are also available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and most bookstores. That's TamarNeal.com or call 888-503-1575. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Tamar's Relationship Transformations. To reach Tamar Neal or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to relationships at tamarneal.com. That's T-A-M-A-R-A neal.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, welcome back, everyone. We were talking about um, the 10 common, less talked about venomous relationships in my uh, award-winning book, Venomous Relationships. (laughs) So I believe we were on uh, number two. The player from the Himalaya. Now, the player from the Himalaya is looking for someone to complete a fantasy, and he will bore very easily. He is a hunter by nature, and although the player pursues a wide variety of prey, he is fairly selective about whom he chooses to play with. 
So, ladies, I say this to say, you will more than likely meet the player from the Himalaya in a club and have the time of your life. But you ventured back to that club. If you play your cards the wrong way, he will treat you like a stalker invading his territory. And now keep in mind, although he's looking for a keeper, he considers his prey a trophy. Therefore, he will often select women who are superficial because they are more likely to believe that they are the best thing that ever happened to him and are usually starved for attention. And I mean, he can spot them from across the room. So he makes them feel like they are the cream of the crop. And when a woman is superficial, guess what? This is not a difficult task. <laughs> then I have loving Mr. Video Madden in the book. Now, many people don't talk about him, but it's going on. It's, it's a, we're in 2016. We're in the computer age video time. I call him Loving Mr. Video Madden. And there's nothing wrong with a guy that likes to play video games. But in this scenario, Mr. Video Madden, he stays home and he plays video games while you go to work. Now, if your, uh, your mate stays home and plays video games while you go to work, and you can afford to take care of him and it's agreement after it's an agreement that the two of you came to with a meeting of the minds that it's cheaper for him to stay home take care of the children the things around the house and he's the house husband or the housewife because you got some video madden women too um then that's totally different we're not talking about that person here but um that's just something that we're talking about in that scenario. That's in chapter three. Then we have Mary Hippie. She's Harry's lady. And that, that chapter, um, I'll tell you where I came up with the, 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 I actually came up with that from the name Mary Hippie from Jimmy Womack's song. Any of you, I don't know how old you are. Any, I don't know if anyone remembers Harry Hippie. Well, Harry Hippie um, was the name of Jimmy Womack's song, and uh, it was went something like, Harry Hippie, he lies asleep in the shade. Life don't bug him because he think he's got it made. Well, anyway, it was another verse in that song. It was Mary Hippie, and that's what made me think of naming this chapter Mary Hippie. And it talks about how Mary Hippie, she panhandles money just to feed Harry's baby. Um, so that that's really sad. Anyway, this is a person suffering from addiction and can depend on you to repeatedly come to the rescue, bailing him out of jail and financial problems or any situation that becomes unmanageable, manageable, manageable. Mm. You actually become, he becomes another dependent. So with a friend like, with a, with a, uh, a mate like that. <laughs> oh, well. We know people that play that Mary Hippie role as well. 
So make sure that you're, you're not becoming a merry hippie. Then we have the Tell Death Do Us Part guy. Can't write the book without him. The Tell Death Do Us Part guy. This guy is like a time bomb. And he's ready to explode without notice. What I tell people in that chapter is never allow someone to love you to death. Okay? Then I have the chapter six. If being the side chick is wrong, I don't want to be right. Many women have elected uh, to be the side chick. Now, I don't know how much time we have before the commercial, so I, I don't know if I should hold that over or if I should give that to you right now. But, hmm, what do you think? I think I'll give it to you right now. Okay, if being a side chick is wrong, I don't want to be right. I want to just say this. Many women have elected to become the side chick. And if you don't know what a side chick is, if you are not the main woman and you are expected to be comfortable, comfortable with zero plans for the two of you for the future, Never mention his wife or his main woman. Anticipate frequent changes in plans without notice. And focus only on stolen moments that are spent together. If any of these terms and conditions sound comparable to the relationship that you currently hold in your man's life, then you are perhaps... The side chick, better known as the chick on the side. It used to be the other woman. Most side chicks have been informed to never attempt to communicate with the main chick in any way. If the side chick should contact the main chick, a side chick position will be terminated immediately. Then you have the I just don't want to be lonely woman. Now, when a woman suffers from low self-esteem, it is very easy for her to commit herself to anyone who may express interest in her, regardless of how she may feel about him. So often when a woman is suffering from this issue, she feels that she, she has to put up with behavior from men that don't satisfy her. And she considers herself lucky. You know, she feels like I'm lucky to have a man at all. So, hey. Then chapter eight is the jailbird lover. The two of you are both prisoners in love. All I can say about that is provided that, you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't love a man that's, or a woman that's in jail. Provided that they're in love. Chances are, if you have a jailbird lover, they're just in need. And there's a big chance between being in love and being in need. You may not have figured it out, but this gentleman definitely needs you in his life right now. And that that's all right. The question is, will he still have the same necessity for you to be in his life when the door of the cage has opened?
Then I have the cougar and the cub. The cougar and her cub. That's chapter nine. A person who has never... I, it's nothing wrong with the, the summer-winter relationship. It's nothing wrong with a cub and a, a, a cub, if you're a cougar. I'm not saying it's anything wrong with that. But I just talk about in the book that know what you're dealing with. Because a person who has never had to be responsible for anyone but himself will not be able to comprehend your commitment to your obligations. So he'll ultimate, he'll ultimately he'll become agitated when you are not able to just drop the ball and run off to whatever he wants to do. If he's never been married or lived with a woman or a man, if it's vice versa, he really has no knowledge of what's expected. So although at first glance it may appear that this person's selfish, they're not. It's just that they've never had to think about anyone but themselves. So we have to take these things into consideration. Then I have chapter 10, which is my gut buster story. And I want to tell y'all, I failed this very calm, very common life test miserably. And I am very grateful that I am here today and humbly tell my story from many years ago in hopes that it's going to help someone else. So we're going to get ready for a quick commercial break. And in doing that, we're going to take a deep breath. Another one. And a pause for a commercial break. And when we return, we are going to talk about my gut buster story that is in my award-winning book, Venomous Relationships. We'll be back in a minute. Don't y'all go nowhere now. You hear It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com For many years, while employed as a Baltimore County 911 operator, Tamar Neal found herself as the only help available for the caller on the other end of the line. While people experienced life-changing emergencies until the first responders arrived, she received a national diploma in emergency medical dispatch and became a certified relationship expert and multi-award winning author. Her articles have appeared in respected magazines and newspapers, and she's been interviewed by national and local media outlets. Visit TamarNeal.com to purchase her books, find out where she is appearing next, and take advantage of a valuable free gift. Tamar is also available for public speaking and life coaching. You can also receive signed copies of Tamar's books that are available only at the website. Visit T-A-M-A-R-A-Neal.com for more information or call directly at 888-503-1575. Tamar Neal's books are also available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and most bookstores. That's TamarNeal.com or call 888-503-1575. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Tamar's Relationship Transformations. To reach Tamar Neal or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. 
You may also send an email to relationships at tamarneal.com. That's T-A-M-A-R-A neal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. If you are just joining us, we are talking about my award-winning book, Venomous Relationships. Now, in the book, I have 10 different types of relationships that people find themselves in. But I want you to keep in mind, there's no monsters in the book. Just people doing things to other people that people, unfortunately, do. So my book is written to help you to acknowledge some of those things. It may not be you. You may have been there, done that. Um, in my case, I've been there, done that, and wrote the book. But it's someone else out there that's, uh, that's still there, still doing that, and need the book. So let me go into my gut buster story. Let me tell you, that's in the book. Um, as a 911 operator, I was trained to follow my gut. Therefore, I pretty much knew all the tricks. But I'm going to tell you something. I still look for treats. And I failed this very common life test miserably. I am very grateful that I am here to tell my story today from many years ago. And I'm doing this in an effort to save someone else from having to take this very important class in the school of hard knocks. Okay? All right. It was shortly after my divorce. Divorce. I was enjoying a much-needed girl's afternoon out, strolling through the park. When this person drove by, he looked at me and said, There she is! He quickly made a U-turn and said to me, I must have your number. Well, he was from another country. Normally, I would have never fulfilled such a demand, but it was something about the approach that I thought was different, you know. However... Something about him was disturbing to the point that I was not interested in any of his invitations to go out on a date once he called me. Well, one morning I woke up, I was feeling particularly depressed about my single status. We didn't have social media and all that then. And reluctantly, I accepted one of his invitations to dinner at his house. When he picked me up for the date, he said... What happened to your skin? When I asked him what he meant, he said, You were so much darker when I saw you. Well, my aunt, who was babysitting for me at the time, laughed and said, We are all darker in the summer here. So as I kissed my sons goodbye, suddenly a feeling of sadness, it just came over me and and I wanted to turn around and run back. I will never forget it. It was a cold, rainy, dreary day, and that day later turned to heavy fog. Unlike on the phone, now that I was in the car, he was silent. You know, for some reason, I felt like I was a sheep headed to the slaughter. Suddenly, we were parked in front of this house that he said he lived in with his ex-wife. Now, keep in mind, I had talked to this man for about six months on the phone and he would never give me any details about what happened to his marriage. But there he was reliving it. After about 10 minutes, we pulled away and arrived at his apartment. 
He appeared to be reliving a time when he caught his wife cheating with her ex-boyfriend. Everything inside of me was telling me that I had to get out of his apartment. Suddenly, he said, for many years, he thought of finding a woman who looked like her and killing her. He turned around quickly, cutting meat and pointing his knife at me and said, my ex-wife looked just like you. That is when I remembered him saying, there she is that day in the park. It all made sense now. Well, at that moment, I made up my mind. I was going to do whatever it took to see my two little boys again. You know, I didn't sign up for that. Something inside of me told me to remain calm and to not show fear. Now, what I'm going to do, because that's the last chapter in my book, Venomous Relationships. And I have decided to leave you guys hanging there with that gut buster story. If you want to know what happened, I can't tell y'all the whole book. If you want to know what happened in the story, you are going to have to go in and get that award-winning book, Venomous Relationships. Um, I also, if you if, and if you don't care to get the book, you can go on to uh, Mind Body Green's website. I have an article in Mind Body Green's website. Um, it's titled "I Answered 911 Calls 911 Calls for Seven Years." Here is what I wished all women knew. So you can go in and read that story in its entirety. Um, that's the name of the also article. Now, I also did a special for CNN Magazine. So you can just go to CNN.com and type Tamar Neal, T-A-M-A-R-A, Neal, and that will uh, take you to that article and that story, I'm trying to think, yeah, the story is also in that article. Um, oh, I know what I wanted to tell y'all. I am so excited to announce that I have a breakthrough article um, on domestic violence in WebMD's magazine in the uh, July-August edition. So this is July, so it should be in the magazine. Now, I haven't seen the magazine yet. So it's, it's in the July-August edition. So when you go to your doctor's office and um, you see those WebMD magazines up there, that's if you don't go out to the store and get it. You go to your doctor's office, you see them WebMD magazines up there, you make sure that you pull that WebMD magazine out. And um, the July-August edition now, y'all. And so once you pull that out, say, I know her. I'm friends with her on Facebook. I listen to her show on Tomorrow's Relationship Transformations all the time. And, um, and oh, I have her book. Oh, by the way, did you get the book? If you didn't get the book, you can get a signed uh, copy for a limited time by going to my website at www.com. Tamara, T-A-M-A-R-A, Neil, N-E-A-L, dot com. So, 
Um, you know, we have really, I'm, I'm just hoping that you were able to take something with you today from the show. Um, there's many ways to identify the telltale traits of a toxic relationship. And if you're suffering from a toxic relationship, the National Domestics um, Hotline, they have a hotline. I don't have that number in front of me. I wish I, I had it. Wait a minute. I think I do. I do. You can contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline at one 800 799 7233. Again, that number is 1 800 799 7233. In the meantime, in the in between time, we are running out of time for this episode. I want to thank all of you for listening to another episode of Tomorrow's Relationship Transformations. Join us every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Don't forget to go in on Facebook and like the show, like the page, like the author, just like everything. Toodles. Thank you for tuning in to Tamar's Relationship Transformations. Please join host Tamar Neal again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you here again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.